as you go in, there is... Didn't actually name the person giving the tour. One second. You walk in, you see a cash man. He's wearing, it's not quite a three-piece suit, but he is dressed rather nicely. When he sees he looks, I was like, oh, wonderful. Are you with Elvisar? Yes, yes, we are. Excellent. Come on board. You're just in time for the tour. My name is Alata. It's a pleasure to meet you all, and shuttle is just over this way. He pulls out his arm and starts guiding you to there's a sort of garage, and you see the shuttle. It looks similar to shells you've been in before, but something about the outside plating has a sheen to it that kind of stands out, and he explains... Oh yes, this the shuttle's been specifically designed along with the Belair's help to deflect any of the energies from the crucible that could possibly interact with biological life. I see you've got a Oh, I don't think I've ever seen a Belair outside of his suit. It's a little different, but he helped us learn how to create shielding that blocks out certain wavelengths of the energy. The wavelengths that could possibly be damaging to biological life if you get too close, which we'll be getting pretty close, but not close enough to be in that danger zone. But I prefer your safety over it all. And come on board. And he helps you get the Blair Scout situated, and the energy is still swirling very excitedly. Which, well, you assume it's excitedly. It's hard to tell without being able to actually communicate with them. You just get this sort of vague feeling of excitement. And as you load up and you buckle up, any questions before you guys start off? I would probably have questions for our tour guide. I imagine you're asking as he's sort of pulling out and starting to head up towards it. Are each of the individual crucibles, do they have individual properties? Or are they pretty similar? There are some similarities between how the different crucibles functions, but there are also some differences. We're still trying to wrap our heads around how they work. This crucible in particular has some impacts and influences on how energy reacts and just the sort of and the transfer of energy that's why you'll actually find a lot of large-scale productions on planets in the area such as this one he gestures out the window and you're high up enough now to where you can see the entirety of the cruise line plant both where the corporate offices are it's not exactly corporate but it's the best word i could think of as well as over to the left you see where they're actually building some of these cruisers. They're big. They're a little bigger than some of the Federation cruisers, but it's a lot more colorful. Think basically Disney cruise ship up for space. There are a couple being worked on now. So there's a bigger one. There's also some smaller ones. And then there's some bigger buildings where it explains that is where they're working on different parts of the production line before they finish putting it all together, which the ones that you see outside are the ones that are about ready for test flights. So they're nearing the final stages. And he continues on. There are different scientific outposts manned by the Alliance, as well as other groups interested in learning more about the 
various different crucibles. The Belair have been able to tell us some about this one, but for some of the others, there's still a lot of questions we're probably going to be unraveling until the end of time. But we've been able to learn a lot, and it's actually shaped many of our technological advancements for years. Questions, Vi? No. Mm. Sorry, I thought I had one, but it uh, disappeared. And he bunts to you. Now that the Eldori and the Matakai tend to have much more religious and philosophical views on the Crucibles, which honestly I believe a lot of people do, it's just more prominent in your peoples. I myself have wondered quite often as to how they came to be and why they were created and who created them. And there's a lot of different debates and theories out there. I don't know if any of them are particularly correct, but I do have a few that I enjoy. As he's saying this, you're exiting the atmosphere, so you're you're going to be traveling a chunk through space in this shuttle, which it's it has a lot more room on the inside and a lot more safety features than the shuttles that you've used on the ground. It's like a hop between planet shuttle, which is act now. Opal Star has both a planet hopper shuttle and a ground shuttle. You have not been in their planet hopper shuttle yet. And so you've left the atmosphere and you're officially in a tiny shuttle in space. He's heading towards one of the suns. He's going to talk a little more about different philosophies and then he's going to go into the history of some of the innovations that came from studying this particular crucible. And as you're getting closer, you realize that one of the suns is not a sun. It's still glowing quite brightly, but you're able to look at it. And it's mesmerizing. It's, it kind of looks like it's been constructed of a lot of really large, almost kind of metallic looking panels. But you honestly aren't entirely sure what it's made of, and it's it's hard to take your eyes off of it. I'm curious, because Pylina, you have a special view of the Crucibles being Eldori, even if you haven't been able to be open about it. This is your first time actually seeing a Crucible. What's that like? It's a lot, so it brings back memories of when she was much younger because that's when she would have probably seen more really general depictions of the crucible. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'd probably bring back all memories in that way. But Yeah. Yeah. As well as maybe bring up some... Oh, no, I feel like it'd probably be bring up more of post-certain backstory thing memories. The other backstory memory things will probably come back later in the day. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, she's excited to see it. Like, it's kind of the equivalent of meeting a god. Almost. But, yeah, I'm not sure that the Eldori, like, think of them as gods per se, but they definitely do have a very philosophical or religious view about the Crucibles. It's all inspiring. Yeah. Yeah, any more 
like any questions or anything you want to say as start getting close like he's not gonna get too close but like close enough to where you're this thing is huge yeah okay it's it's, it's big yeah i'd probably ask so this crucible specifically i know from the planet ground view of the crucible it looks like it's just a second sun is this a result of it being a more specific dealing with energy signatures and things like that or is it potentially because it's a bit closer to the sun than most crucibles are or it could be that the, it's relation to the sun though it's not particularly close to it it just it get with the light it gives off for a long time people thought it could be confused with the sun Actually, a lot of children who have to be taught that no, that's not a sun. But it definitely resembles one. We're still not entirely sure. Everyone, roll me an insight. Because, like, as you're getting closer to the energy and the scout is glowing a lot brighter, and it's getting more active, so that would draw your attention. But roll me insight to see if y'all notice it's something. 18. Okay. 7. Okay. Six. Okay. There's an anima. It looks really excited and he's getting a lot brighter. Violina. The color he's going. And like the way the energy looks and the way it's swirling. When you look between that and then you look over at the crucible, you realize it looks very similar. It's on a much larger scale than the crucible itself. But you notice, like, some of the ways that it swirls does match the way you can kind of see energy moving on the crucible, and it, the colors and brightness, it feels the exact same. And also, all three of you, as it starts glowing brighter, you can feel this unexplainable... It's not... It's a lot stronger than the unexplainable feeling you felt earlier, but it's not, like, overwhelming, but you just feel this sense of relief you're not entirely sure why you just sort of feel relieved you just do but Vilena, with that insight kind of feels like that sense of relief is coming from the Blair it's like you're feeling his relief in a way but you all feel it it's just finally you're the only one that realizes wait that might be connected okay even the anxiety-ridden cyborg is randomly feeling relieved. <laughs> but her own feelings are still there. Just feel that along with what you personally are feeling. Is that all that we feel? Is just relief? At the moment, there's just this sense of relief. Okay. Is the Belair coming back affecting the Crucible in any way? Or is it just the Crucible is affecting the Belair? It doesn't look like there's been any change in the Crucible. It just seems to be a change in the Belair. Like, if the, yeah, the Crucible is affecting the Belair. As you are all looking at the Crucible, Lada is going to keep sort of talking about different innovations and things people have learned and stuff that's been inspired by the Crucible. And you're looking at it. Roll me perception. Okay. Rolling perception. 25. <laughs> Also, very nice. <laughs> 16. Okay. 7. 
Anima does not notice this. Erda, you think you see this little dark thing coming out of the side of the crucible? Yeah, what's that? Elena, you can tell there's some sort of shuttlecraft or something of some sort that's coming out of the crucible and heading towards the planet. Okay, towards the planet we were on? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, what's that? I'm asking it out loud. Yeah. I feel like, is it... It looks almost like a some sort of spacecraft? Oh, yeah. Like I said, there's a lot of scientists that are around that study the crucibles, but with this one in particular, the Belayer have warned us that we shouldn't make any attempt to go in it. Some of the other crucibles, it's safe to go in in certain circumstances, but they have not let us in. So a lot of people believe that it's because back before they were energy beings, they had to hide inside of their crucible for a long period of time. This is just a theory no one really knows for sure, but we think they might have had to hide in there, and that's how they became as they are. So they don't let us go in, but there are quite a few of them that work with scientists and will go in to test different things or gather different data to help them understand better. So that's probably what we're seeing as one of the Belayer coming back from running one of the tests. They've been able to gather a large amount of information, but they warned us many, many times that getting too close can be very hazardous to anything that's not already an energy being. Huh. Gotcha. Probably also why their writings of theirs that they have still not been able to really translate for us. There are some people who think, that I agree with this, that those writings are from before they became as they are. Huh. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I wouldn't want to be turned into an energy being for the rest of my life. I think they die, which is not something I would ever want. The uh, random but They question. make the best of it. Does being near this crucible affect Esper powers? Not typically. I mean, there are some people who occasionally will, if they don't have a good graph spawn, theirs will have minor issues, but it's not particularly, unless you specialize in energy transfer. You might notice that the color of your spells varies sometimes. Huh. I'll cast Agus. It's a cantrip, so I can do that and see what it looks like. Is it still using the same loadout Anima created? Yes. The base color for that was light blue, correct? Yes, the, the original base was like a, a slight different sheen of blue to the air. It was kind of invisible until you find actually attack it. There is a slight gold sheen on top of the blue sheen. Ooh, that's shiny. Also, that could be problematic. Also, um, hang on, let's... A lot of freaks out a little bit because he was not expecting that. <laughs> it doesn't, it's not like a super dramatic spell. Also, it's a defensive spell, so it shouldn't actually do anything. It's like the visual, there's just suddenly a glowing bluish yellow bubble. Oh, huh. Yeah, it looks like it's having some effect on your spells. Usually, it doesn't have a big impact on how it works, it just still sometimes with the energy a little bit. It looks like it's doing it aesthetically now. Hmm. I dig aesthetics. And it clicks off after six seconds. See so any other questions y'all want to ask about stuff? I don't want to want to do anything, but 
Is there a way I could like do a roll or something to see if Vi's uh, great wheel ability is affected? Uh, yeah, if you want to. Okay. It's gonna try and give the Bolera a little boost while he's recharging. Yeah. Okay. So that's uh, Xenobiology? Yes. Had the brief moment of, wait, what do you, what did I have you roll for that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So that's... Oops. 17. 17? Yep. Describe to me again what it usually looks like when you cast. Usually when I cast it, there are runes that appear. It's either around her or on her skin. I think you've described it as being around her. Okay, around her. As you do that, the runes appear, and a lot of... I realized his name sounds like I'm saying a lot of. He looks over at you and looks at the runes behind you and says, Huh, interesting. And you look, you notice that one of the runes is glowing brighter, and it's glowing with the same color. I don't know if I've ever actually seen an Eldori use this ability before, but... I'd be willing to bet money each of those runes represents one of the crucibles. Looks like being closer to this one, it's able to tap into its energy more. Wow. Hmm. Also, you're still feeling the relief, but now there's a little bit of joy mixed in there. Okay. And gratitude. Still not entirely sure why you're feeling these things. I'll um, talk to the Belair later see if he was like intentionally giving off these emotions or that's just due to being near the crucible i mean you can ask a lot of if this is the thing because he okay. as he's talking you can tell he he has studied and learned a lot about all of this with our belair friend we're kind of getting some a feeling uh different emotions is that normal from being this close to the crucible, or is something else happening? I was wondering what that was. It is common for some Belair, when they're feeling strong emotions, they can broadcast so others can feel it. I think they do it to help with communication. I guess since this one's not really able to communicate, I'm guessing, given his current housing situation. Maybe he's trying to show you how he feels or you might not realize he's doing it. I'm not sure. Kind of wish I could talk to him. Fascinating to talk to, but I'm guessing since you're bringing him like this and based on the state he was in when he came in, he's probably needed this. Yeah, we found him in a sort of deep hibernation state. So we've been trying to help him get his sort of energy levels back up. Because uh, I've been studying the Blair both for this job and out of curiosity, and it can hold on to their energy for a long time. So it must have been very, very long ago that whatever happened happened. Do you have any idea what caused him to go into hibernation? Really, we found him on a planet far away from the other crucibles so we're not entirely sure what happened he hasn't really been able to tell us anything because he was in sleep mode for we don't even know how long 
So we've mostly been prioritizing getting him sort of back up and feeling better and hopefully home. Must have been one of the early scouts, because I know a couple thousand years ago, they send out scouts pretty regularly, so there's no telling how long ago he got sent out, but wonder what information he's gathered since then, because even when they're dormant, they can still, with their suits, they can gather and hold a lot of information. Imagine once he gets plugged in, it'll take him a while to be able to process it, but it's astounding the things that you can learn from these guys. And girls, I, it's one thing I haven't been able to figure out if they have genders. I just use guys out of habit. I think that probably went away when they became energy beings. And the light in the suit's kind of bouncing a little bit, like it's trying to nod. He's doing his best to communicate. He's not, well, no, he is used to not being able to communicate. He's trying. That's okay. You keep sitting there watching the crucible, and he keeps telling you about it. After about five more minutes, the scout has been getting increasingly brighter. It's not to the point where it's hard to look at, but, like, it's getting brighter and more active. You can watch the glow get brighter and brighter. It's like you're watching him get better and start to wake back up more. It's getting more active. And the feelings that he was sending out go away a little bit, but you do kind of continue to feel the sort of gratitude and well-being. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's drained it back in a little bit, but he's still putting it out there so y'all know. I do have a question I'd like to ask him. Okay. But me, the human being doesn't exactly know how the character that has lived in this and knows the right questions would be able to ask it. So what I would like to try to do is roll investigation with the intent of asking a deeper question or a series of deeper questions about the way they're channeling the crucible energy to kind of do their their combination of, of magic and technology, which is what he's been talking about this whole time. I realize that Farida has all of the big brain, so she would probably be able to ask further into this. Okay, so you talk back and forth about it, asking very intelligent questions, and he's... The first couple questions, it's like, it catches him off guard, but he's delighted. And he talks in more detail about how it sometimes, like, being near the crucible can make energy transfer and turning one kind of energy to another kind of energy easier. They're still not entirely sure why, but Uh it does make that easier sometimes when they're converting energy. It's like there's a little extra. Yeah, then she would probably ask, they don't know why, but they have been doing it. So she would ask what methods they're using. Is there any new discoveries that that have been recent? And in case you need a roll, I rolled a 22 for investigation. I don't know if that helps or not. I feel like that'd be more of like if you were looking it up, but I guess I could help you with finding the questions to ask. Yeah, this role was to find the threads of conversation that would let her get deeper into the the information and the truths behind it. Okay. Imagine he kind of gets into this conversation, so it's like the shuttle slows down a bit as he's talking, and it's a lot of technical mumbo-jumbo back and forth. Roll intelligence. <laughs> That's a 10. That was roll, low roll. You can follow along like the 
basic concepts, but sometimes like, he starts getting more technical, sees the look of vague confusion on your face, and walks it back a bit, and starts describing in more simple terms. So you can get the concepts of it, but there's a slight step above a basic understanding, but mostly conceptual. She'd be focusing on picking up keywords that she can use later on to do more research on the, on the conversation. So, like, he talks about different individuals and companies and scientific research groups that have been looking into different things and have discovered things and started using that to fuel other research and investigations. And When he starts mentioning proper names of companies and individuals, she's actually going to pull out her phone pad thing and start taking notes of those names. Okay. Which, if... They become important. I'll let you know until then. I'm. Yeah, she just I... has that. She just has that information on her phone. That's all. <laughs> and he also bring up some big things that have come from other crucibles. At one point, he uh, the ashen forests aren't really a new thing, but that was a pretty big thing. Like he talks about some older discoveries that are still sort of like landmark things because. Yeah. Uh, actually, I don't know. I'll have it mentioned not originally from the Alliance at all. So I don't, like, he, I don't, he wouldn't know that you don't know about some of this stuff. Uh, then I would probably follow along for about half a sentence after he starts assuming that we're from the Alliance, and we'll be like, and I'll bring him in and be like, okay, sorry, for clarity, we are not from here. Shadow stole us, and we are now on this side. So, I don't know exactly what you're talking about, if you could clarify. That's not her actual name. That's the name that, that Farida uses. I'm Mental Miss of Farida. You probably shouldn't mention things in such a way that seems like we were kidnapped against our will. I mean, does it seem like it was against our will? He looks really concerned when you mention being kidnapped. He's like, is everything alright? Do I... Would you like me to take you somewhere else other than back to the station? I will say that if he's using insight to try to figure it out, it's not, even with a low roll, he would be like, oh, these folks seem to be doing pretty okay. How low of a roll do you think? <sighs> Above a five. Okay, good. He did get an eight. So this is like a brief moment where he looks real concerned and it's just like, looks at you as like, oh, they... Okay, and he just sort of nods and he goes back a bit to some of like the older sort of like landmark discoveries that fed into other discoveries. It's a history lesson which he has talked about some historical stuff, but he gets into some of that with what he knows about the other crucibles and talks about the Eldori Crucible, which was the moon and how it impacted Eldor and how they were able to learn the most about Esper powers from that just because of how that impacted the Eldorian and made them such strong espers. And he talks yeah. about that. At one point he brings up the crucible that the Ashen Forge came from and imagine Anima's perks up a little bit at this. I don't know how how much has Anima been following along in the conversation so far? Whenever anyone started to get technical, she tuned out. So, half of what Ferda said. 
Yeah. Hard to tell when she checks out because her eyes don't really glaze over because she doesn't really have like pupils or anything like that. But she definitely is like just like, uh huh. Okay, so you tune out a little bit, and then he kind of gestures in your direction, mentions Ashenforged. Do you work up at that? Yeah. So he talks about, because he's done a lot of research on stuff like this, but he isn't as familiar with all the ins and outs of how the Ashenforged are created, but he does mention how part of it involves using the material that gathers on the surface of the crucible to make the ashen forged the dindus don't share all of how that works just because they don't want everyone making one but like it's one of those like if you are going to make one they will explain it's it's also just a lot of stuff that most people don't really care about because it gets very technical but have you asked Tally or Spectre or done any research yourself, Anna, into how Ash and Forge are made? Or are you just not ready for that yet? Uh, I think when we were first talking about it, Tally was like, I don't really know a lot about how they were made. I believe that was the conversation. Uh, she hasn't interacted as directly, but she does know the basics. But of course, there's some parts of it that the average person on the street won't know, but this person's also done research, so he does know more than the average bear. Well, average person you cross on the street. I don't know why I said average bear. Woo-woo! That's why. Anyway, I have not done my own research. Okay, so... You, Casey, know how Ashen Forger made, how it's the mixture of, like, metal melding and organs from a living person and the stuff collected from the outside of the crucible. Sanima, this is your first time hearing this. Yep. Because in the Federation, they certainly don't tell anyone how that it's made. If you were made by the Federation, this would not be how you were made. But no, you're this... This is your first time finding out how you happened. How do you handle that? Farida wants to roll insight to see how that goes. Oh, okay. Roll insight for that. Uh, 22. Oh, Jesus. Okay. Uh, 12. 12. Yeah. (laughs) He got a (laughs) 4. So... He's just gonna keep going. I don't have stats for him. I've just been doing straight rolls. He got a four. <laughs> yeah. So it's 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 like Anima is like fully grown, and it's huh? it's like you just got the sex talk almost. Uh, <laughs> okay. Pretty much. Just kind of sit there and stare and freak out about it later. Yep. Okay. What was your roll, Alexis? 12. Okay, so I think Farida with the 22 probably notices that she's a little weirded out by this. Uh-huh. But no one else does. Yeah, Elata doesn't. He's distracted no, he didn't educating care. you all <laughs> and focused on flying the shuttle. Yeah, he's got other things to worry about. <laughs> and the unexpected reaction of someone who should 
probably know how they were made, but doesn't. Yeah, I mean, he probably took one look at you when he was trying to figure out if he should be freaked out about Ferda's just blatantly saying we were kidnapped from our part of space. Very casual about it. Yeah. He just had the brief moment of, uh, hell? Oh, no, okay, you look all right. Part of it was also... That's when Anima sort of puts her face in her hands and like, oh my god. I imagine he took one look at you, Anima, and figured that you were part of whatever crew that the rest of the group are now part of. Because you look like a normal Ashenforged, which means you had to have been made the way he is describing. Yes. He thinks he's giving an adult sex talk, but he's really giving a child. He's oh being very good about not visually reacting. Imagine Anna's gonna go home and be like, Tolly! Yeah. Is there anything else you guys would want to maybe like ask him about or talk to him about before he lands the shuttle and drops y'all off? I would ask, is the Belair home planet close to the Crucible? Or do they even have a home planet anymore? I don't know if they technically have a home planet anymore. Like I said, they've been around for a really long time. Like, longer than most of the races. Pretty much longer than any of our races, most likely. Especially, you know, gestures to Anima. Her race was created. But as far as we know, they don't have a particular home planet. They're just... just kind of exist everywhere. There is and part of space a sort of central database where they keep all of the information that they gather and I guess that could technically be construed as their home but it's not really a home it's just a massive database that the Alliance has connection to do they have any sort of major cultural center close to the crucible or is it not as large of a part of their lives anymore Oh, we haven't really found any cultural centers. I mean, not that we've been able to find. We found some places with their writings, but there's not much left of whatever their homes may have been. It's been so long, no one really knows for sure. Hmm. Okay. And you feel this very, very faint feeling of melancholy. Not like really strong melancholy, just kind of a... Yeah... That's how it is. Hmm, okay. They're an immortal race without a home. Just depending on how old they are, their home planets may literally not exist anymore. Yeah. Because no one knows how long they've been around. They're just kind of there and they're very friendly. Any other questions we have for stuff? Because the, the tour will basically last until we run out of things to talk about. That's it for me. So the tour ends. You guys will disembark, take a second to get the Belair suit out. You wait at the door for a minute or two before your ride comes to pick you up. But there is a shuttle that comes to take you back to the house. And you load the Belair back in. And as you get back, Tali perks up when she sees you and says, So, how was the tour? And she perks up when she sees the scout. Oh my gosh, he's looking so much better. We need to get him plugged back in. 
Come on. You can tell me about it while I'm resituating him. Uh, as we go, I'll tell her that, well, it was very fascinating. We learned a lot about the way that the crucibles kind of interact with uh, the mechanical stuff that's around them. That was a very interesting conversation. I learned a lot. I do believe Anima may have had their world shattered. So, um... Again? <laughs> what? Anima, let me get back to the ship. I'm going to introduce you to liquor. I've got some stuff you need to try. Very importantly, I'm not going to specify how Anima, or what Anima had the world shattered from. I'm just going to say, yeah. mind blown, and keep on going. Like, kind of barely slip it in. We'll see if Tally even notices. I'm not here to air out maybe something that was supposed to be kept a little bit on the hush-hush. Okay, so she did notice, but I think, like, she's not going to immediately dress in bed. She's just going to look at Anima and say, oh, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it later. Or we can step aside somewhere quiet. I'm alright. Sure. What did he tell you? Many things. Crucible. It's interesting. Let me roll to see if she's gonna put two and two together. The five? (laughs) She's still just, like, trying to figure out if you're actually okay. Are you emoting at all? Are you still just sort of stone-faced? What the heck, what the heck, what the heck on the inside? Stone-faced. It's gonna be like, well... Is anything in particular the freak that kind of was weird? Everything's weird here. I'm going to go to my room now, thank you. Okay. Okay, bye. Now if you need to talk... Huh? I'm here if you need to talk about anything. Whenever you're ready. Alright. So you just go lock yourself in your room? Yeah. Shut yourself in your room? Yeah. That's the general modus operandi that she seems to do when she's a little bit unsure. Find a place and just... Hide. Yeah. So you do anything particular in your room or just gonna sit there? Sit there. Once you've left, Tala is just gonna look at you and be like, What did he say? Um, may or may not have explained how Ash and Forge are made. Boy. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, I was gonna wait until she was ready to tell her that. I probably should have said something sooner. I just, I've never had to explain that to an Ash and Forge before. How did she react? Uh... I could tell that there was something going on behind the curtain. She, uh, didn't seem to take it great. I mean, how would you feel if you found out you had a corpse inside of you? Yeah. Is that how he described it? Oh, I don't think so. That's just me being flamboyant. Okay. I'm... Maybe once we get back to the ship, I'll sit down and walk her would I think it's better if someone who grew up around that tells her. Probably. Because while I haven't worked directly with it, I do kind of know a little bit more than most people. I just didn't want to dump that on her. Yeah, sometimes it's better to uh, open up about that stuff a little bit earlier. I wasn't expecting her to find that out that way, and just I've been through a lot, and then I got distracted. <laughs> so there's not really a good time to sit down and tell someone that. 
Uh, that's why you have to make a good time to do that. Yeah. I'll talk to her when we get back on the ship. Alright. She's gonna take the blade and be like, I'm gonna be right back. I need to go put him back together so he can start calibrating and all the stuff that he does, mm -hmm. but um, meet y'all in the kitchen when I'm done? I don't know. Sure. If there's any lunch ready. It's about midday, so yeah, about lunchtime. Yeah, y'all go to the kitchen, Tali wheels the Belair's containment module back to where the rest of the suit is so she can put him back together. Serena and Vi in the kitchen right now? Yeah, I'm assuming that's where y'all went, unless you want to, like, go somewhere else. You can kind of hear some sounds of Kishara and Spectra in the kitchen. Try to pull Ferda away into, like, a sort of quiet area for a minute. Yeah. So, Ferda, the way you said that we were stolen, is that how you really feel happened? Or were you just saying it that way so this is a situation where if you saw her saying it it would sound more flippant like a joke like she's quoting somebody that has said that instead of expressing her actual thoughts on the matter because you know her actual thoughts on the matter okay in the moment you would have seen that she that she was joking okay cool okay i just wanted to see i just wanted to make sure that you were okay oh yeah Okay. Yeah, no, this is a lot, but it's currently still manageable. Oh, cool. She didn't just find out you've got organs inside of you that belonged to another person at one time. <laughs> yeah, I think Farida being concerned about being kidnapped has a slightly lower priority right now. Now. So I'd probably also knock on Anima's door and just say, hey, we're meeting in the kitchen in a minute if you want to come out. If you don't, that's fine. I think we're going to have lunch soon. The response. Can we bring food in here to eat with you, even if you don't want to eat? The response. I knock twice. I cast Blast on the door and blow it off its hinges. Aboard the Opal Star is an Esper Genesis 5e actual play podcast DM'd and produced by Brianna Toiber as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. I'm Casey, and I'm playing Anima the Ashenforged. Victor, I'm playing Farida the Promethean. My name's Alexis, and I am playing Vilina Sorel the Eldori. Music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what we're doing and would like to support us, please consider leaving a review or donating to our Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial.